0: Welcome to the Plan Vision Podcast, where we share simple, straightforward investment and planning ideas for normal people. The description in this podcast is for informational purposes only. Do not construe this as personal tax, financial, or legal advice for your situation.
1: Hello, this is Mark Sorrell with the Plan Vision Podcast. And this is a timely discussion I'm going to have with a long term personal friend of mine, Stu Brown. And Stu is a practitioner in the financial services industry in a specific sector of that. And I reached out to Stu last week to see if he'd visit with me on this, and I'm delighted that he was able to do it. So we're going to talk about the events. that got a lot of publicity with GameStop and Robinhood and Interactive Brokers and uh, just see where this conversation takes us. Thanks for joining us, Stu. Thanks, Mark. My pleasure. First of all, if you could do me a favor, can you define what a hedge fund is?
0: I'd be happy to do that. So I think in the the simplest form, uh, the way to think about a hedge fund is it is an actively managed investment vehicle that seeks to outperform passive investment uh, index strategies by specializing in either certain industries, for example, energy or healthcare or technology. Or by specializing in certain types of investments like high-yield bonds, municipal bonds, currencies, Mm -hmm. derivatives. Or it's a vehicle that tries to specialize by using unique, proprietary, sophisticated investment strategies like quantitative models, hedging strategies, etc. So the basic idea behind a hedge fund is that by specializing their investment strategy, by using proprietary models, and actively managing uh, the portfolio, a hedge fund can produce better risk-reward mm-hmm. than passively investing in indexes like the S&P 500 sure. or a, a broad corporate bonds.
1: And so who would be uh, the typical client? Excuse me, Stu. Who would be the typical yep. client of a hedge fund?
0: Yeah, so it's important to note that uh, hedge funds generally are not available to uh, your, your average individual investor. So, in order to invest in a hedge fund, you have to be what's referred to as an accredited investor. And an accredited investor is uh, any individual whose annual income for each of the past two years has been in excess of $200,000 mm-hmm. or any individuals who have liquid net worth greater than a million dollars. So, in order to invest in a hedge fund, you have to be an accredited investor and meet One of those two criteria. Okay. Okay.
1: So, would it be a correct statement to say that hedge funds are not regulated, or how would you characterize that?
0: Yeah, very good question. So, uh, hedge funds are not required to be regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, and uh, many of them are not. Uh, There are, however, hedge funds who uh, are registered investment advisors and have sought to register with and are therefore regulated by the the SEC. It's not a requirement. Some do, some don't.
1: Okay. And so hedge funds, which is really a massive category of different investment styles and strategies, correct? Hedge funds are working with foundations, with large institutions, pension funds,
0: right? Yeah. So generally speaking, the investors in hedge funds are large institutional clients, and, and many of them are, uh, uh, as, as you put it, you know, well-established, well-regarded uh, investors. So typically, you'll find college endowment funds, uh, state pension funds, private company pension funds. Uh, you may see. Uh, uh, Again, charitable foundations, uh, family foundations. Um, So yeah, many of them are uh, kind of household names. Yeah. Okay.
1: So on to the events of this past week, which got all this publicity and attention, and I think much of this is, you know, very sensational. Can you just describe maybe mechanically what happened?
0: Yeah, so kind of in, in a nutshell, uh, what we observed over the past few weeks was a huge increase in trading volumes uh, and price volatility and skyrocketing prices in a few stocks, GameStop, BlackBerry, uh, AMC Theatres, mm-hmm. uh, a few stocks We had uh, a, a few different things in common. So the, the, the common factor for these stocks, which really kind of took off and which saw this uh, elevated uh, increase in trading volume. What they had in common was that they, many of them were, were small equity value stocks, stocks which are referred to as uh, small equity capitalization stocks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They had very high levels of short interest, and I can expound on what that means. Okay. They all had received significant amounts of attention on social media, in particular Reddit's Wall Street Bets site. Uh, And all of them experienced this frenzy buying from individual or what are referred to as retail investors. So as just as an example, um, GameStop began 2019 at $6 a share, and it ended 2019 at $19 a share. Mm -hmm. Uh, The average trading price during 2019 was $7 per share. Between January 4th, of this year, in January 29th, the stock rose from $17 a share to $325 <laughs> per share. Yeah, and the, the the average number of shares that traded per day in 2019 was a little over six million. That increased to 62 million, tenfold shares traded per day uh, in the first four weeks of the year, with okay. a peak one day volume of almost 200 million shares. So. It was it was phenomenal, <clears throat> and, and GameStop is the most noteworthy of these, but as I mentioned, there are uh, maybe uh, four or five other stocks <clears throat> that experienced similar trends. And um, again, they're very notable for the amount of stock that took place, the day-to-day price movements in those stocks, and the amount by which they increased in a very short period of time.
1: Yeah. So what was the kind of the way that this was – The way that I understood it was, oh, a bunch of these day traders decided to basically mess with the hedge funds by just doing, uh, just you know, consolidating their buying power and pushing up the the stock. Is that is that an appropriate interpretation?
0: Yeah, I think so. And there were uh, a combination of factors which uh, led to this phenomenon. Uh, So i'll I'll try to briefly explain uh, yeah. each of them. M- most importantly, these were small cap stocks that had small equity value with mm-hmm. a very high degree of what's referred to as short interest. But just to to expand on that, um, if an investor uh, with typically an institution has a negative view on mm-hmm. the value of a stock, the institution can actually sell the stock without owning it. Uh, And the the goal of the investor in doing this short selling is to try to sell a stock at a price higher than where they think they can repurchase it at some point in the near future. So the investor effectively borrows the stock from someone who owns it, pays a fee, which is the equivalent of interest for what is effectively a loan. Mm -hmm. And then once the, the, uh, the short seller has borrowed the stock, they can then sell it, and they hope that they can then repurchase the stock at a later date, at a lower price, and then yeah. return that stock to the original owner.
1: Okay. And uh, how,
0: yeah, they made money. Yeah, that, that's the goal. Yeah, they, they sell yeah. it at a high price, and then they repurchase it at a low, at a low price. And so yeah. each of the stocks, like GameStop, had a high short interest. And, and it obviously works, provided that the share price drops, mm-hmm. and the short seller is able to repurchase it and return the stock from the owner uh, from whom they borrowed it. Uh, however, if the stock, instead of depreciating in price, fall, instead of falling, actually rises, and if the original owner who effectively loaned the stock wants the stock back, then they can make a demand the short seller, I want my stock back. You have to effectively pay down the loan. You have to return that stock to me. Mm -hmm. And if that demand is placed on the short seller, they have to go into the market and buy the stock regardless of uh, the price at which it's trading, which which can be referred to as a, if there's a a massive amount of this short sell covering, it can be referred to as a short squeeze. Mm -hmm. And so in the case of GameStock, one of the most important things was there was a significant short interest. There were a lot of investors, large institution, who had a negative view of the value of the stock. They borrowed the stock, sold it short, and then when the stock started rising in value, many of them were forced to effectively repay the loan, which means to repurchase the stock, deliver to the owner in satisfaction of that loan. Mm-hmm. And it created a, a, effectively a, a short squeeze, uh, which led to significant buying. So the, the short interest was one important feature. Yeah. And the also, factor, go ahead. I'm sorry, Stu. Well, the other thing I've had was that GameStop was the stock that had been widely discussed and praised on social media. So this created a lot of interest amongst uh, non professional individual investors it was uh, highly extolled on on social yeah. media so that created some interest uh, that was that precipitated some of this original appreciation in price uh, which in turn forced some of these short sellers to cover or to buy back the stock to live alone and it became kind of this this uh, feeding frenzy and a a, a, a secular, yeah. uh, circular uh, phenomenon Yeah.
1: So, so is it is the problem for the, the short sellers, in this case hedge funds, as they were described in the media, does it become worse if they borrow more and more money on their play, on their investment?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, for most of these, they took fairly large short bets, which again, effectively, they borrowed significant amounts of the yep. stock, which they then uh, early on. And what happens is as the stock price starts to appreciate and they're, they're losing money, what will happen is uh, brokers will require that they post collateral. So as their positions uh, become loss positions, they will be required to post additional collateral against what is effective loss. So they have to come up with additional cash yep. that they can. So in order to keep that short bet on, in order to, to not pay back the loan, they have to produce additional cattle. Well, for many of them, it became impossible for them to post sufficient collateral because they were losing so much money on their short. That then required that they try to go back into the market and repurchase the shares. And the combination of short sellers trying to repurchase the shares, an individual investor trying to purchase the shares uh, because Again, uh, social media had uh, been praising them. That that led to this significant increase in volume Mm -hmm. and demand for this, and caused it to go from seventeen dollars to three hundred twenty-five dollars.
1: Okay, so then you get to the maybe the step that got so much attention and was, you know, got all this notoriety was that the brokers shut down trading. True.
0: Correct. Well, yeah. to be clear, uh, to be clear, uh, Robinhood and uh, Interactive limited trading in a handful of stocks,
1: okay. what became
0: known as yes. both the reddit stocks. So it wasn't a complete halt on trading, but they yeah. did limit the amount of trading in a handful of stocks.
1: And so that was considered to be unfair. Oh, they they stopped trading for the little guys. Um, where they wouldn't have done this for the big guys, is and that's a simplification. But that that's how it was
0: portrayed. Yeah, in in my view, Mark, there was nothing uh, nefarious at work here. Yes. Um, the reasons for the halt in trading were uh, solely due to some of the more arcane kind of technical mechanics of trade settlement and the reason that uh, Robinhood and Interactive had to reduce the amount of trading in these stocks was simply because of requirements imposed on them mm-hmm. uh, by the clearinghouses through which they they sure. clear trade. So uh, I, I, it wasn't really a plot. It yeah. was necessitated by trading rules, which in many cases are designed to protect both the brokers yep. and their clients.
1: Okay, okay. It seems like it's such a weird confluence of events um, that is a, a function of the developments of how consumers can now trade for nothing by and large here with these low-cost brokers and social media coming together.
0: Yeah, I think it was an unusual confluence of factors. So as you point out, uh, social media... Uh, is attracting an unusual amount of attention to some uh, what are historically underfollowed illiquid small stocks. So you've got yeah. uh, social media drawing attention and promoting them. That's one factor. You've got an increase in the ability and the ease of individuals to invest and to trade actively. Uh, Robinhood, obviously. Uh, so you've got apps, uh, and platforms that allow easy trading and commission free trading, so that too encourages yeah. uh, more active trading. You also have people working from home and looking for something to do as a result of the pandemic, <laughs> so people have time at their disposal uh, and then again, as we mentioned the you know the other factor for these particular stocks is a high level of short interest yeah uh, which fueled the the buying frenzy so uh those four or five factors led to this phenomenon? Yeah.
1: Well, of course, commentators and others will like to draw conclusions about the ramifications of this. And as I was observing it, I was thinking, I don't know if there's really going to be any big ramifications. I mean, for most investors that whether they're long-term buy and hold investors or even other kinds of investors, this will have no impact? Is thats that, is that safe statements too?
0: Yeah, I, Mark, that, that's my view. For an investor who owns a diversified portfolio and adopts a long-term buy and hold philosophy, I don't see any adverse long-term implications as a result of this. Yeah. In fact, I think it uh, what we've yeah. seen here uh, makes a stronger case for the idea of being diversified And using a long term buy and hold philosophy. I do think one of the ramifications of this is that you're going to see increased trading activity by individual investors, uh, and that could lead to increased short term volatility, i.e., price swings in a few stocks. So Mm -hmm. if you are trying to actively trade and if you limit your portfolio to a few stocks, then you might be vulnerable. To the type of price swings and the volatility we've seen in GameStop and, and sure. AMC Theaters, et cetera, but uh, long-term holders, I think, uh, will will see no adverse implications yeah. from this.
1: Hey, Stu, thanks a lot. This was awesome for you to come on on such nor- short uh, such short notice. I really appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks, Mark. Pleasure to speak with you. Thank you for listening to the Plan Vision podcast. Let us know if you have any questions or comments on the topics covered.